We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Chiefs King, and welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel, joined as always by six-year NFL veteran, Super Bowl champ, and former K-State All-American Nick Leckie, and our fearless podcast producer, leader, Tucker Franklin. We're going to break down a little Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday at noon. There are some implications in this one. The Chiefs 11-4, and four, winners of eight straight, and the Bengals come in having won two of their last three, and they are right in the thick of it as well. Obviously, we know that the Chiefs are still searching for the number one seed, and we'll break down the implications of what this weekend can be and do for that. But we've got to start by thanking our friends at Jack Stack Barbecue for their support. Jack Stack's new happy hour menu that rolled out just recently is now available in all six locations. That includes deals on drinks like $2 off wine by the glass and handcrafted cocktails and bar- barbecue bites like $5 baby back ribs every Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 in the bar and patio area there of Jack Stack Barbecue. Nick, let's start with you, man. What was your victory of the week? Let's start the podcast with these real quick just to bring everybody in. What was your victory of the week? Uh, we made it to Dallas successfully on a road trip. So got to see my mom and stepdad and then just been hanging out with my sister here. And just that, That's it, man. That's my, my victory of the week. Was that a dig at my current situation? With you successfully oh, wow. making it down to Dallas. I think it's more of a sneak <laughs> disc because I didn't even know I did it. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that story here in a second. But Tucker, what's your victory of the week? I'm I'm just glad I got to spend some time with some family. Uh, Christmas was fun. Um, I love Christmas. Got a lot of new stuff. And I was telling you before kind of we started, I've got so much more stuff on my desk now. I need a bigger desk. I probably just need less stuff. Um, but it's, it's always a good time this time of the year to, and and I'm in that stretch of days right now where I don't know what day it is because it's in between Christmas and new year's. So it's just like, it's a free for all at that point. The greatest work week ever. Yeah. yeah, You have no idea what day of the week. Nothing makes sense this week. Um, and breaking news, Tucker loves Christmas. So everybody out there, we all know it now. And Nick, um, so I'm going to. I'll share my victory of the week, which I was going to say something else. And now I'm just going to talk about, you know, making lemonades down here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. As my family, we were going down to visit some friends for uh, New Year's for the next several days. And we've got uh, news that uh, someone tested positive. Everybody's okay uh, with our friends, but 
someone did test positive. So we were about halfway down to drive from Kansas City to Dallas and had to pull off. And we were just near Tulsa. So we pulled off in Tulsa. We hopped in a hotel with an indoor pool and we're making lemonades with the kids. So uh, hence anybody watching on YouTube wonders uh, what the, the hotel brown curtain behind me is it's a hotel brown curtain so we appreciate everybody for tuning in we'll talk a little chiefs and Bengals in this one but uh, i saw this note guys from chiefs communications and they always put out the, the weekly press release and i thought this one was particularly interesting it said sunday's game against the Bengals will mark the 400th career game regular and postseason combined for andy reed as a head coach in the nfl only four other coaches in league history have reached that milestone Don Shula at 526, George Hallis at 506, Bill Belichick at 474, and Tom Landry at 454. So nice little nugget there to get into the show and appreciate everybody for watching, whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or everyone who's listening after the fact on Apple or Spotify podcast. We appreciate your support, just like we already talked about Jackstack, and we appreciate their support. But guys, Andy Reid just keeps stacking you know, those kinds of nuggets and little stats on top of each other. And I never get tired of those things because I don't want to normalize greatness or normalize this stretch of time that we're in that we talk about the golden age of Chiefs football. But Andy Reid, Nick, right there at the front of it. And I think that's a great stat because longevity in the league is hard to come by. I mean, it doesn't stand for not for long for for no reason at all. I mean, it's not for long because you don't win, you out. And if you don't win, you ain't going to get picked up again. So, I mean, he's a proven winner, and that's what he does. And I love the the ecosystems that Andy Reid builds. And when you look at his coaching tree, it's, you know, it's pretty awesome. Uh, and then it's, you know, one of those things where, man, he just – he treats the players right. And, you know, he understands his team. He's consistent with his messaging. He's consistent with what he does. And people want to play for him. People want to win. And, and that's what you do. He's created cultures that win, and you have a great time, and it's fun. There's no fear. It's all love and, and granola, and, you know, he'll – punch you in the, or, or, you know, smack you on the, the backside if you need it or, or give you a hug. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest misconception. Everybody talks about players, coaches, and they think that that just means that the coach is nice to the players and let them do whatever they want. In a lot of ways, it's the complete opposite. They actually, I've, I talked to so many guys, and we talked about this on the show, uh, that coaches, players, one of the things they absolutely love, and Nick, maybe you had some experiences that were different. I don't know. I only knew Andy Reid's system, uh, but how consistent he was when he said that they had a day off, they got a day off. When he said they weren't going to practice, he didn't change it. He didn't get mad and say, all of a sudden now we're meeting or now we're doing this. And on the reverse, I like when he said he had a day off, he had a day off. And we said, you were going to practice. You practice. There wasn't a lot of like changing at the last minute where all of a sudden he's like bonus day off for the veterans. Like they kind of knew going in because then they can plan around it. Then they can say, okay, if I knew I was going to get the day off and he already thought that if he would have told me I could have gone and visited my family, I could have done these things, that thing. So it was just very consistent, very organized. You always knew what you were going to get. But Tucker, I know I've changed a little bit, but one of the pieces of news, and Nick, I want to get your thoughts on this too. One of the pieces of news that came out this week that I knew as soon as I heard it, it was going to affect the entire football world of the passing of John Madden uh, and the news that came out. And it particularly struck me because, and granted, this was years ago when I was working at the Chiefs, I did the that long form. Um, on all the assistant coaches. And I did one with Andy Reid. I think it was 12,000 words. And to do that, I got to sit with Coach Reid for like two hours one day, uh, which anyone in media, you get like five minutes off to the side. Like that's a huge deal with a coach. I like two hours. And this is like 2015. It's a long time ago. But I remember specifically talking for 
a good chunk of that time, not a good chunk, but several minutes about John Madden and Andy Reid and their relationship specifically and coach telling me that he still spoke with John Madden. And I, I could have sworn, I don't want to put this, I started to tweet it and I didn't want to be wrong about it, but I thought it was like Mondays, like Monday mornings. It was always the same time that they spoke. Like it was consistent. Like they had a date, like Mondays at 10 AM. Like he was talking with coach Madden every week. It was just, they had that relationship. And I think everybody at some level has had a relationship with Madden, whether you ever talked to him or not. Uh, Tucker, somebody that, you know, grew up playing Madden as a kid just a few years ago, just what did, what stood out and what was Madden's impact on you? Sorry to make that of the joke. but No, I, I think that that's kind of where we're at now, where a lot of the, the people now know Madden for his legacy of the video game, which is not necessarily a bad thing. He was a great broadcaster, great coach. And I obviously knew the history and, because I was a kid, I was like, why is this called Madden? Like, why isn't it just called, like, NFL? Uh, like, why is it called Madden? And so, like, obviously I did the research and I looked into it. And I think the first Madden I played was 04 with Michael Vick on the cover. Um, that was a great game. And that, that's kind of the memories that I have is, is I heard this quote. I can't remember from where, where it came from, but John Madden loved football so much that he made other people love football. And I think that's kind of his lasting impact on this next generation of kids is you're going to have Madden. I think EA signed him for a lifetime deal. So that's always going to be Madden NFL. Um, so you're going to have that impact through generations of, of these new video games that are coming out. Hopefully they get to make the game a bit better um, so it can have a bit of, a, of an impression on, on these kids and really get them to love football. Like, you know, those games are a gateway to, to liking football. Like Madden 04, like I mentioned, I started playing that game. I was like, oh, they play this in real life too. Like there's a real life version of this. I, I'm going to watch that. So it's kind of one of those things. And and just knowing his legacy as, as a coach and, and as a broadcaster, I watched some of these clips they've been putting out on Twitter about him and i can't remember who his broadcast partner was but pat the summerall. murder she wrote yes pat summerall would go murder and see how long he could pause and say she wrote and one time there was a movie it was gone with the wind and he went gone with the wind and and john Madden was just absolutely losing it on the broadcast had to take his headset off and he was just laughing so it's those moments like that like that to look back and and, and see just having he just had so much fun doing what he was doing and it made other people really like football and, and just what he was doing it's the impact stretches so far and why because when i think of mad's voice like it just it's one of those those voices that just i associate with football but i also associate with the movie the replacements because like he's in that and he's describing i know nick but like he describes that so when i think of that movie like i think of his voice describing it and i saw the tweet uh on social media and i i don't know who to attribute it too, although they probably weren't the one that asked him the question like their firsthand but one of his famous quotes to talk about the chiefs when john madden was coaching the raiders i know vahe wrote a great article in the Kansas city star so you should go read that talking about reed and john madden's relationship and help john madden helping andy reed get to kansas city after you know he was done in philadelphia there's a cool little uh, story in there but i saw the quote on Twitter. It was John Madden talking about playing the chiefs when he was with the Raiders years ago. And he just said, you know, we had no chance of beating the chiefs, but we damn near killed that horse because war paint had to run the field. Every time they scored a touchdown, he scored like seven touchdowns. So post game presser, he's not talking about, you know, his team. He's talking about the horse running around the field. Very John McKay esque. 
for any old school fans listening out there to some of the, the one-liners we used to get from John McKay. Uh, but anyway, Nick, what kind of relationship did you have with Madden? What was your initial you know reaction when you saw the, the news? Well, I'd like to point out that my rookie year was the same year Tucker first started playing Madden. <laughs> 2004. You're in it. <laughs> you was playing with you one of these times. Wow. Funny. Big time. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. So I thought that was funny. No, um, I remember Madden just because uh, I, and I, I'm sort of like Tucker where I, I remember playing Madden football in, in 93 on like Super Nintendo. And I was like 11 years old. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is a fun game. And then it got to the point where like they had like back in the day and like Sega, I remember you, you were able to create players and it was really cool. This was like, like mid nineties, like 94, 95. And you could create a player and you could like do the combine. And my, my buddy and I, like I, you, you could buy these remotes for, for like super Nintendo and it had like a, a turbo setting and a semi turbo setting on the buttons and so instead of like furiously tapping the buttons, you could just like gently tap them and it would make, make like a guy who was like six, seven, three eighty run up like a, like a four, four, two yep. 40. And so you'd have this unstoppable running back and it was amazing. And it was just so I used to. Yeah. I would do that with an entire roster, Nick. Oh, like God. I would make everybody like seven feet tall, like 300 pounds. Like it wasn't fun. Like it was fun. Like it, it's one of those, like kind of like, People describe Teslas like I'm sorry, Tesla people. I, I know they're fun. They go really fast, but you go really fast for like a half a second and then you have to stop. Yeah. <laughs> so like they say, like, it's really cool, but then you have to stop. Same kind of thing with you spent all the time building up those rosters. And then once you play like this, really isn't that fun. So it was advanced, right? It, it, it brought it. I mean, there was, you know, one other game, NFL 95 was fun as hell. And I like Blitz, you know, those are fun games. Um, but to me, I remember watching football as a kid and, and he to me, I always thought in real life he was eight foot four just because I think that's how big his personality was. And if you want to talk about someone who drove the energy bus, I mean, just his, it, sometimes you go off, off the reser and like he'd be just on these monologue tangents that just were funny. And, and I think his legacy will be the, um, the six legged Turkey that I thought was a real thing uh, for <laughs> until last year, maybe. The turducken, <laughs> yeah. right? No, the no, it was a six legged Turkey to hand out to like the Iron Man or the, on Thanksgiving day, he would hand out the Turkey. Like he started that. If I remember correctly. Yeah. And so you do like six turkeys and you give them out like the various Cowboys up on alignment or something like that. It was cool. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people in that generation of remembering him as a broadcaster, that that's the name and that's the voice that you associate. Uh, similar to a lot of people, Kevin Harlan growing up as a Chiefs fan. And then now Mitch Holtis is going to be that for a huge generation of Chiefs fans. So, uh, yeah, I knew as soon as we saw the news from Andy Reid that, that John Madden and, and Tucker, I love your point that he made he loved football so much that he made other people love football. And that and as Andy Reid is probably describing their relationship, I don't know how to describe it either, but they're wired the same way in what football means to them as people. And that both those guys would probably be doing football for their jobs, whether they made tons of money doing it or not, just that the game means something to them. And so, all right, guys, let's get into the front of the queue and talk a little bit about this game on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. And let's start with just the Chiefs defense going up against Joe Burrow, uh, the guy that Tucker's not worried about compared to Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, so far this season, Joe Burrow completing nearly 70% of his passes, 4,100 yards, 30 touchdowns to 14 interceptions, a top young quarterback because he's got some big-time weapons. There have been some inflammatory comments 
being made by the usual suspects out there in national media about the Bengals uh, wide receiver crew. And are they the top skill position group in the NFL? But uh, can't deny the fact the last three games, Joe Burrow, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions and averaging over 10 yards per attempt. Tucker, since you were the one who was a little bit more down on him, and, I, and I'm saying all this in jest, uh, but you were the one who was a little bit down on him last week. Let's ha- start with you. Uh, Chiefs defense going up against Joe Burrow uh, in a game that means a lot for both teams. I think Matt Lane on the KC Lab described this Bengals offense kind of perfectly. Is It's a very college-esque offense of we've got these dudes – you've got to stop them. They, they try to get their guys, Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon on one-on-ones and, and try to get uh, make the other defenses stop them. And it's good because they got a really smart quarterback in Joe Burrow. He's starting to look like LSU Joe Burrow with, with all those weapons. You think back to that LSU team, they had some dudes on that offense. They had Jamar Chase. They had, uh, I think, Justin Clyde. was also on that team. Clyde was on that team. All kinds of weapons surrounding Justin Burrow. Yeah. He was at tight end. So I mean, that's an all-time college offense, by the way. Like, probably number one uh, all-time, I'd say. Just in terms of just, like, sheer NFL talent coming off of it. But that's probably for another podcast. Um, but I, I think that that's kind of where what this, what this offense is, is the Chiefs have to get those one-on-one matchups. Are they going to win those one-on-one matchups 100% of the time? Probably not because, like I, like we said, you know, Jamar Chase, stud. T. Higgins, stud. They both had, like, almost 200 yards, I think, last week. And Joe Burrow threw for 525 and five touchdowns. Um, so just absolutely insane. Um, but I think the one kind of saving grace here is that that Bengals offensive line is not good. Um, it is very bad, and that was kind of the whole conversation when it was coming up with uh, should do they draft Jamar Chase or Panay Sewell? Uh, you know, you can throw a touchdown to anybody if you're if you're being blocked, but you know it's kind of hard to throw touchdowns to Jamar Chase if you don't have anybody blocking. But they've they've shown that they can kind of do that, all right. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see what Chris Jones does this week, kind of especially with that interior offensive line. It's not good. Um, it's Chris Jones. This could be a big uh, Chris Jones feast game. Look out for Tershawn Horton. He's a speed rush guy, so I'm sure that uh, he'll be getting after some some guys as well. Nick, what stands out to you about the matchup for the Chiefs defense and, and Joe Burrow and this Bengals team? Um, I will go to my grave and say that the Miami 2001 offense was the greatest um, college football team ever assembled. You know that was they had and Up and three. behind a quarterback who was Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey with the quarterback. Yeah. If that tells you anything about that offense, yeah. right? I'm going to go they with the really 2003 fun. Kansas State Wildcats. Oh, they were pretty good too. <laughs> no, man. Um, I, I think I think that the Bengals are, are making a good run now. Uh, I think Jamar Chase was that that missing link, you know, to give Joe Burrow that that sort of, um, you know, collegiate feel and, and have a instant connection, you know, instant relationship, you know, some familiarity. And doing the whole uh, hardball with Lamb uh, Lamb, and you know, go go to Louisville, you know, study the offense, you know, what worked for you, you know, kind of tailor the offense towards Joe Burrow, um, and, and I mean, but I mean, Baltimore last week, you know, they were, it's not the same Baltimore, you know, they're kind of beat up. Oh no, they don't have that. They're not playing with that panache of a healthy, healthy Lamb Lamb, and it, I mean, listen, Cincinnati's getting good right now when when it when it counts, they're gelling, but who who the hell have they played? You know, they haven't played anybody worth anything. So this will be a, a big test for Cincinnati because this will be the first time that, 
I mean, that offense line is going to get severely tested. I mean, severely tested. I mean, um, Kansas City just ran through Pittsburgh's offensive line uh, and then couple that with Kansas City's offensive line playing this defensive line. I mean, come on. It's I mean, Kansas City's figuring things out. And and I loved how um, Noah Gray got some high quality reps. Uh, or Mr. Gore got some high quality reps with the ones. So they're building a top to bottom roster when it counts with those high quality reps. Yeah. And to, to put a bow on the Bengals and the chiefs defense going up against them, we talk about those two weapons. Jamar chase already has over 1100 yard, more than 1100 yards receiving T Higgins just went over a thousand yards last week with his huge performance. And then Tyler Boyd, uh, has 792 oh. yards himself. So with a couple of big games, they can have 3,000-yard receivers in their tight end, CJ uh, Uzama, or however you pronounce his last name, uh, is another guy that has made plays for them down the stretch. Another guy, Ryan Clark, pointed out as to why they have the top skill position players in the league on their team, according to Ryan Clark, uh, had to say that about the Cincinnati Bengals having the most talent uh, on offensive skill positions. Again, Ryan Clark said that uh, about... <laughs> The Cincinnati Bengals. Great player, not dunking on anybody. But we'll find out uh, on Sunday when they play that game. Let's move on uh, to the second topic here in front of the queue. Uh, And that's the good news. Everybody coming off the COVID list for the Chiefs, at least everybody who was on it before. (laughs) Who knows? Somebody (laughs) else may go on it very, very soon by the time this podcast actually posts. But uh, good news in that Chiefs get back. Nick Bolton, they get back, obviously, Travis Kelsey and get those guys back on the field. But again, as we made the point throughout the rest of our content on Casey sports network this week, uh, it was great to give Kelsey a week off. It's great to see the offense go out there and make plays without them, but you get those guys back. They got another little mini buy and now they go win. you get some work done with the Miami dolphins beating the Tennessee Titans. And all of a sudden you get another buy uh, here late in the season that you couldn't ask for more. If you're a chiefs fan, the way that the last three weeks has played out. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's kind of what everyone's hoping for. It's bad news for the Bengals, right? Travis Kelsey's coming back. They're kind of getting that that groove back for the offense. And it was good to see those secondary weapons. I believe Kent Swanson said this on the lab on Monday uh, after the game. This had to be a big confidence booster for the Byron Pringles, for all these secondary weapons, McCole Hardman and Derek Gore. and, And, you know, I think that the Chiefs, when, when we looked at all these plays with with Matt Castle, they didn't necessarily scheme guys open. Guys were getting open, and I think that's a very encouraging thing to see. Now the Steelers' defense isn't, you know, a, a world-beating defense. Mika Fitzpatrick's an absolute stud, but I think after that, you're just kind of looking around. They had Devin Bush on the COVID list. You're like, all right, who who else is the guy here in the secondary? Uh, there wasn't a whole lot there, but I do think that there are some positive things to take from there. Just like uh, being able to get open, being able to find space. Patrick Mahomes was making all the right decisions. And I think that's really encouraging to see because he seemed a little flustered uh, at the beginning of the year, just trying to find his footing, trying to figure out what he was trying to do. He was really trying to fix that drifting back in the pocket because it was really messing with his tackles. He's really fixed that he's been able to step up in the pocket, has a real pocket presence about him now. And he can still run the ball. Some defenses forget about that, that he's still a a moderate rushing threat. I I don't have the numbers up in front of me, but he was the Chiefs' leading rusher a few games. So I think that he he does have the capability to take off and run. And and that's kind of what I'm excited for with all these guys coming off the list and just all the opportunities to get back. The defense will be healthy. And 
And the NFL just recently changed their protocols too, with the CDC changing their protocols to five days. Now, if you test positive on Monday, you can get back to play on Sunday. Um, and there's a bunch of uh, ticky tack stipulations. You don't have to be asymptomatic anymore. You just have to be either. It's I think they put it in quotes, resolved or improved in your uh, symptoms, which is a lot of room for interpretation on there. Uh, they just want to get guys back on the field is what I think is going to happen. But I believe yesterday, uh, which was Wednesday at the time we're recording this, they put they they activated over 100 players to active rosters from COVID lists. So um, good sign for the NFL getting these players back and getting these guys on the field. We'll see how these uh, these new protocols work out and hopefully knock on wood. Chiefs have kind of weathered that COVID storm. It seems like every team's going to have to weather it. And they, I think they got dealt the hand at the right time. I'd much rather do it now in the regular season than in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever be free of COVID, but I do like the the new playoff TV rules that have been enacted to follow the, the, the CTC. That's for damn sure. Really good. Uh, let's move on to the, the third topic here in the front of the queue. And guys, this one, we get your thoughts because it's hardware. You talk about like hardware season. The Chiefs are obviously going for the Super Bowl. Some teams are going for hardware. Let's talk three chances the Chiefs have at picking up some hardware individually. So I want to talk about these three. You're going to tell me which one you think is most likely to happen. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Here's a little Patrick Mahomes nugget. Thanks again to Chiefs PR. Including the playoffs, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes is aiming to win his 27th consecutive game as a starter in the months of November, December, and January on Sunday. Overall, Mahomes has a career record of 33-5. and regular and postseason in these months. Again, he's looking to win his 27th straight game in the months of November, December, and January. So Patrick Holmes as MVP or Andy Reid as coach of the year. Andy Reid's that. We talked about the 400 games. The Chiefs aim to improve to a record of 12-4 and four on Sunday, marking the fourth consecutive season that the Chiefs would have at least 12 regular season wins, four straight, so if they win on Sunday, four straight 12-win seasons would be tied for the third longest streak in NFL history with 12 or more wins. So Patrick Mahomes as MVP, Andy Reid as coach of the year, or Creed Humphrey as offensive rookie of the year. In his case, watch the video that 6'10 made. Creed is good. So which one, Nick, do you think is most likely between Patrick Mahomes as MVP, Andy Reid as coach of the year, or Creed Humphrey as offensive rookie of the year? I think Andy Reid is coach of the year. I think I think what happens is is I don't I don't say this lightly, but LeBron not winning MVP, Mahomes not winning MVP because what people in the media do is you know forever Mahomes will be the the no look the shot put with the left hand no look sidearm passes. And he hasn't made those sort of TV worthy. I'm using air clip or air quotes here. TV worthy plays of like, oh my god, what did he just do? That was freaky. You know, he's been he's been winning with with consistency. Um, you know, with a strong line and, and everyone kind of figuring it out. So Mahomes won't win the MVP because they don't want that to happen again. Because they're trying to build parity, trying to pub someone else up. You know, everything like that. They look for these gaudy stats. They'll start saying, oh, but look at. October, November stats, you know, they're, they're this compared to this, or they're like, um, like I saw Justin Herbert stat uh, when they played someone before the chiefs and it was like, 
here's the the winning record for for quarterbacks in their first two years. And it left out Mahomes because his first year he didn't start. So I'm like, man, they're skewing these stats to like say anti-Mahomes, you know, everything because they don't want to talk about Mahomes. It's not fun anymore because he's such on a different level. So to me, hands down, without a doubt, Andy Reid coach of the year because where they were at the beginning of the season, uh, you know, how they had injuries and, you know, the hell of a gauntlet and where they're at now. Like, I mean, nobody would have have thought that we thought that I thought that I'm like, hey, just chill. It's judge a season by its entirety. Um, So Andy Reid, hands down, is going to win coach of the year this year. Hands down. Like it's Tucker. What do you think is most likely between those three? Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, I think you, I think voters have fatigue on both Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I don't, I can't, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head how many Coach of the Year awards Andy Reid has, but it's not enough. I'd say that right now. It's it. Both of those awards are storyline awards. So really, whoever has the best storyline is going to win it. Um, I don't think Bill Belichick probably has enough of those Coach of the Year awards that he deserves, and it's just a lot of. Uh, just like a set storylines and, and I, the chiefs do have a good storyline. If you think about it, you know, starting the season three and four and coming back and being the number one seed in the AFC, that's pretty dang good. Uh, I think that, it, but out of Patrick Mahomes and, and uh, Andy Reed, I, I just think Andy Reed's going to get the coach of the year out of the, out of those two. And you start to look at Mahomes. There's been guys like the Jonathan Taylor storyline, I think is starting to starting to gain a little bit of steam and, and, and stuff like that. So that's just something I'm going to watch for here in these last couple weeks is what storylines kind of pick up and, and take off guys. I'm going to push back a little bit. Not that I don't think that coach Reed would deserve it. What I think about and let me be very careful about how I say this. I don't think that he's not deserving of winning, obviously the coach of the year award. I just worry how much when people are talking about the chiefs and what they overcame and all of that. Uh, and when you talk about Andy Reid and how good of a performance and how much he's overcome, a lot of it was the off the field stuff coming in from last year that makes it an uncomfortable conversation to talk about. And it wasn't him. Like obviously it was his son, obviously huge impact for him. Not saying that. So I said, I'll be very careful about how I word things. I just wonder if bringing that part of what he overcame makes it so uncomfortable that you could go to like a Matt LaFleur or a Mike Vrabel guys who have had major injuries, guys who have, overcame more than just a slow start because the chiefs were turning the ball over so much. And then the other stuff, in addition to just the turnovers that led to a lot of those losses, a lot of what was overcome is off the field. It's not anything anyone really wants to talk about. So if you talk about him in that way, you got to bring up that stuff and people don't want to do that. So I just think that's the behavior that people are Mm going to be thinking through if it's not like a slam dunk. So to that point, I would bring up Patrick Mahomes. I don't think Creed's going to get it because he's an offensive lineman and they're never going to win an award, let alone an offensive rookie of the year award like this. They're going to look at box scores. The thing with Mahomes, you look at the box score, he's not top five or he's not top four or top three in passing yards or touchdowns. And that's where a lot of these votes are going to come from. So it's going to take, somebody else taking a step back over the last couple of weeks and just how things finished. If the chiefs finished with the one seed patch Mahomes top three and all these things. And there's a couple of moments over against the Bengals or the final week against Denver. Hopefully there's not even playing, you know, in those games, but hopefully there's just this state of trying to figure out reasons why it shouldn't be Patrick Mahomes. And then people are just like, you know what, let's just make it Mahomes. So that's why I think there's a better chance that it could be Mahomes than Reed for the people that are sitting down behaviorally to make that decision and the conversation they have to have to explain why I think with Mahomes, it'd be a little bit easier and Creed poor guy, but he is good. So it is. That's no, he is very good. 
Well, if you don't make the Pro Bowl, you don't get the offensive rookie of the year, BJ. Everybody knows that. Pro Bowl dictates everything. <laughs> <laughs> LOL, by yeah. the way, for listening, I'm being sarcastic. Um, you know, also to, to your point, too, I don't think it only gets enough credit to Mahomes making a midseason change in technique. I mean, his pocket presence is it was terrible, and, and it's gotten – it's getting better. It's getting a lot better. You know, he's finally trusting a, a brand-new offensive line. I mean, that's a lot to cope with, you know, for coaches yeah. for players. One more stat again, thanks to Chiefs PR. These guys, Brad G and crew, just Killing absolutely it. killing it. Uh, the it's Chiefs are looking Brad. to become the Chiefs are looking to become the fourth team in NFL history to make three consecutive Super Bowl appearances, joining the Miami Dolphins from '71 to '73, the Buffalo Bills uh, from 1990 to 1993. Tucker, you look up how tough it would be to be a Bills fan in the early '90s, uh, and then the New England Patriots uh, from 2016 to 20. 18 again i want to give a quick shout out to andy from pt solutions for taking care of my mom andy and i just want to let you know i did carry all of the boxes downstairs so she didn't have to worry about that so thank you i appreciate we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Your support and appreciate you for listening. Guys, whether we talk about Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, or Creed Humphrey winning that award, one thing is for certain, and that is they all show leadership. Just like we see from Fairway Independent Mortgages, they make the home loan process as simple as possible by guiding you through every step, just as they've done for the past 25 years. Call Jennifer Dixon at Fairway Independent Mortgage at 816-390-8898. That's 816-390-8898. Great rates, a focus on customer service, and the fastest turn times in the industry. That is Fairway Independent Mortgage. And guys, it's time for Tucker's favorite segment. And that is the Tucker's Crown Prime Beef of the Week. Thanks to our good friends at Jack Stack and the single best piece of meat in Kansas City, according yes. to Nick Leckie. So Nick, or excuse me, Tucker, what's your beef of the week on social media this week? Well, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's no taste of Kansas City plate. Uh, there's not a, all those meats, which, by the way, very looking forward to getting the taste of Kansas City going on New Year's Eve. Going to have a little bit of dinner with my girlfriend. We're going to share the taste of Kansas City. That's my favorite thing to get there. Uh, just can try a little bit of everything. Obviously, got to get the, the jalapeno cornbread as well as a little appetizer and get the cheesy corn, the beans. All that stuff. That's my favorite. Uh, but I got a couple beefs this week. First one, Nick brought up to me at the beginning of the show, the Nike sneakers app. What the heck? <laughs> if you know, you know, you can't win anything on there. Even if it's a raffle, you wake up early, you put your you put your information in. I've got mine preloaded, so I just have to hit the button at like 9 a.m. is usually when it is. 
nothing. You can never get anything. I've been on the app for two years, haven't won a single pair of shoes. Uh, and that's just ridiculous. Uh, they got to figure out a way to change that to make their shoes more available to people. Um, listen, I'm willing to pay the $220. I said that. I'll pay the $220. I'm ready for it. Uh, just make them available. Size size 11, please. Um, the other uh, beef that I have is with college bowl games making mascots. <laughs> now, I just think that this is an interesting concept for just a singular event. This has brought uh, the cheese bowl uh, Prince Cheddarworth. I don't know if you've seen Prince Cheddarworth. I think I, I think I tweeted out a picture and said "Bowdy your king" uh, on there uh, because it's just an obscure mascot. You know, she's have always had those commercials with like the cheddar wheels, right, and the talking cheddar wheels. Brilliant. But they just yeah, it's very good commercials. Uh, they've really just personified uh, what you would think a king made out of cheese would be. And it's just a cheddar wheel with a mustache. And I don't remember who I saw. I think it was Ben Heisler said something. It was like they took the Burger King mascot and like the Pringles mascot and mashed them together. Uh, and I think that that is kind of a good. And he's just doing out here doing the wildest stuff, like feeding Dabo Sweeney cheese oh after God. he wins. Uh, he's just. It's that's one just of the lean things. Into that it. Look it up. Into the <laughs> look it up if you're listening to this. If you don't know what we're talking about, look up. Look up Prince Cheddarwheel and Dabo. Listen, this <laughs> is marketing nowadays. Like we're sitting here talking about it. Cheese, it's getting right. all their sales are probably going up because of the ridiculousness. That is I love Cheez-Its. Prince Cheddarworth. But if you tell me that there's a Kool-Aid bowl and there's a big guy dressed up like the Kool-Aid man who just runs into everybody and screams, oh yeah, in their face, like I want to be that mascot. Yeah, I I, I would be into that. I need like, a steel-plated front so I can in run. In 20 years, KC Sports Network will sponsor that bowl. <laughs> like, we've, uh, we've gotten to the point where they're now dumping whatever the bowl is on the coach. Like, they dumped a, a bucket of Cheez-Its. Duke's Mayo Bowl fully leaned into it and was like, we're going to have a tub of mayo for you to dump on, <laughs> on the coach. They they the dump memes. fries on the potato bowl. Uh, there's another mm-hmm. one that they that they dump stuff on. But I think that that's, that's phenomenal. I don't have a beef with that. I just have a beef with uh, mascots being wild. And Tucker hates know. mascots. Tucker, you dunk on mascots all this the time. Like, we won't talk about the other one. Yeah. We won't talk about the other one that you're upset about. Yeah, we won't talk about that. I just think the mascots are just like out of pocket. Just a lot of st- like, okay, so I'm an Orlando Magic fan, right? Um, I oh, like that basketball team for some reason. Um, no I guess I, I, they do. It's called, his name is Stuff. And he's just like this green monster and he posted on instagram he said whatever's possible is like Giannis shooting a free throw he's under the bucket lifting his shirt up See, <laughs> so that's it's awesome. that's awesome so I, did, I did think that was funny um but gritty is one of those mascots that's always doing out-of-pocket yeah, stuff the, the mascot for the philadelphia flyers he looks insane so it's just like his eyes are always like super wide and he's uh, always looks like he's about to kill somebody. Wobbly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's an appropriate Philly mascot when you're filled with whippets in the parking lot, right? Like, geez, like, yeah, that's wildly appropriate for Philly fans. He's like, handing out the batteries for everyone to throw. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I can snowball around this battery. Exactly. Tucker, do you have any takes on the, the Nike shoes? Cause I know you're a sneaker head. Uh, I think that's what they're called. I, I, <laughs> It's going to shock everybody based on how we talk about everything that I have no idea what they're talking about with these shoes and logging in and trying to win them, but more power to you guys. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know Nick, Nick and I kind of talked about that before and it, it's a struggle. It, I have, when was the last time you won something, Nick? Um, 
I think last year I, I won the uh, Jordan Four Winterized, um, mm. which I love them. They're fantastic. They're fours, but they're waterproof and they're snowproof and they're they're warm. So mine are getting a little scuffy because I wear them everywhere in the wintertime. And yeah. I went to go buy some on Goat, and they're like eight hundred dollars now. And I'm like, what the hell? So it's like, yeah, like they get you after too. Yep. So it's like it's just a markup. It's just when I don't know anything about this. So people listening probably just shaking their head again uh when i talk about this stuff but i when i saw the special about like the nike executive or somebody's like kid that was like winning all of them it just reminded me of how pissed i was as a kid and this is another podcast i still get irrationally angry for no reason thinking about the monopoly game at mcdonald's and how much money i wasted as a kid trying to win those damn things then i watched that documentary and i sat there for probably 80 percent of it shaking my head angry Cause I remember how much time I spent begging my parents to go because I needed that one piece. I didn't have yet. And I was going to get it come to find out it was, it was some family mafia group up in New Jersey, just passing around their friends. Was angry. What? I think the same thing happening with shoes. That's what Nick, yeah. you, the look on your face tells me you have no idea what I'm talking about. No, that no, monopoly no, no, no. game. No, 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 no. The documentary, oh. bro. I oh, played yeah, monopoly yeah. game. I got boardwalk okay. first pop and I'm like, okay, it's a wrap. I'm probably just going to get part place <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it fools you <laughs> they made it does you make like a free fries and you're like i won yeah. i spent 87 dollars to win 30 cents worth of fries like i'm right right here all right let's get to the final segment and that's nick's favorite segment and we know one thing that makes nick happy uh besides a good crown prime crown prime beef rib is a good happy hour and blind no but we do know that jack stack's got that new happy hour we talked about earlier three to six Every location, all six around Kansas City, every Monday through Friday, find deals on drinks, food, all the good stuff for that happy hour. You're looking for a place to go. Jack Stack Barbecue and their six locations, including the new one at 87th and 435 is where you need to go. Nick, blind nil, what you got? For anyone listening, we're all bringing segments. We don't know what each other brought. We're going to discuss them for a few minutes to wrap this one up. Nick, why don't you start us off? So I'm back home in, in Dallas, Texas. I'm from Grapevine. And, you know, Whataburger's here. Whataburger's in Kansas City now. It's in Tulsa where, where BJ is. I drove right past it. What Sorry. is your favorite fast food burger and be ready to defend yourself? What a burger. Why? I like the In-N-Out burgers are good. I'm going to jump into this. And Five Guys is, is a very, very good burger. But this for this conversation, it's In-N-Out and Whataburger. In and Out's fries are inedible. They are awful. It ruins the experience. So, do I think that people glorify fast food restaurants that they don't have daily access to? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yes. do I think that my love for Whataburger is exaggerated because I can't have it every day? Yes. Do I think it's going to drop when the one at 135th in Antioch opens because it's less than a mile from my house? Yeah. But guess what? I'm going to eat there every day for probably a month first before I do it. But I will say... Whataburger is my favorite burger, knowing that when I fly through Dallas, I know exactly where to go to get that because that's the best Whataburger in the country. Hmm. Kind of on the other side of the coin is, is you, BJ. I like the accessibility. Um, and the Five Guys, I think having the ab- availability of going to Five Guys and getting just the sloppiest, messiest burger, uh, and just you could just 
bury your face in. There's some I sometimes will get in those moods that like carnivore moods where I'm just like, man, I just want just a greasy, just a big greasy burger. And I think that Five Guys does that perfectly, and that really it, satisfies that that little that little itch for me. It does well, and they also have you ever had the uh, Cajun fries at Five Guys? Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Bag of fries. BJ, that's right up your alley, buddy. They're fries. Cajun fries in a okay. brown bag. Shake them up. Get all mm-hmm. the flavor in them and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, and this is this is going to be weird for a Texas guy. If we're talking a pure cheeseburger, not mm-hmm. the the whatevers, because when I go to Waterburger, I get breakfast taquitos. In fact, I just mm-hmm. got some um, two nights ago. Wow. Late night, by the way, too. Yes. Um, if you're looking at burger, it's in and out or five guys to me, like on a pure okay. burger. Like on pure burger, because uh, In and Out they had the secret menu, and I think right. secret menus are really cool. You can get animal styled with raw onions. Um, you can get you know the whole menu is sauce. secret menu. Correct, they have three things on their menu. Have, yeah, well they have four with a milkshake, and <laughs> and it just it just it's really good. But then Five Guys, five, five Guys might have the advantage because you can get fresh jalapenos and mushrooms. So that's like where like Five Guys sort of elevates it a bit but then at in and out you can go lettuce wrap you know pro, like a triple like a three by three protein style animal style with animal the style. fries so i like the verbiage at, at in and out but i like the ingredients at, at at five guys so just like the nfl i'm gonna allow myself to get a draw and i think we're very much in like the when we have like the barbecue discussion everyone's like well if you go sit down yeah. obviously it's freight house and then everyone's got like their their barbecue and obviously we're sponsored by jack stack there's no bad barbecue everybody gets along we love everybody feeling different things at different times uh different folk strokes for different folks but we cannot have a burger conversation in kansas city and out there out andy reed's favorite burger because to your point we're talking about different moments mm-hmm. if i'm downtown and it's late and i just want a greasy burger to feel better I am going to town topic and I am not leaving disappointed. Like that's Andy Reed's favorite burger. Like town topic needs to be discussed when talking Kansas city. And as a kid, I have a soft spot for Winstead's. I know it's not the best burger in Kansas city, but it has a very distinct, like skinny patty over the edge, like old school diner going there. I honestly went there with my grandma all the time as a kid. So shout out to Winstead's. And a, uh, a shout out to Town Topic as to OGs in Kansas City well, uh, that went to us a lot. And also, if you want to talk about theatrics, Fritz's with Ooh. the choo-choo, the choo-choo brings your thingy and it comes down yeah. to your table. That's like, sick. I guess it's a lot of <laughs> Tucker, Tucker's like, I was awesome. Awesome. I'm taking Tucker I went there for my now. birthday in 2017 and it was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's but pretty yeah, sick. That, yeah, and honestly, I've come to the point too where I don't like I don't like Burger King because it's absolute trash, but their mascot's amazing. Um, and the flame grill, honestly, the best cheeseburger is cooked on a flat top. Mm-hmm. It just is. All right, Tucker, blind nil. What you got? So uh, we have football on every day, whether if it's a college bowl game, we've had COVID move games to Tuesdays. And I think the week of Christmas, there was literally a football game on every single day from Sunday to Sunday. Um, so my question is, I should probably do a better job than uh, phrasing this question, but I don't care. Is this the best time of the year? Thanksgiving. Fair. I like the Thanksgiving programming because bowl games are our one-offs. Bowl games are our week one games with some data from the season. And you just don't know who's in, who's out. 
And it's like, so you're seeing these half, half played teams, new coaches, whatever. Yeah. It's a sort of like transition. And then, then it's like, it's like, to me, it's the Texas thing when Texas beat Georgia in the sugar bowl or something, when Georgia was fangless, you know, had no, no yeah. teeth in their mouth to bite you uh, much like their beloved bulldog, Ugga, who I love with all my heart. Amazing. Love so that's that. why that's Thanksgiving, close. Thanksgiving is better to me just because uh, the football is much better because you're rolling through the season and the college yeah. football season uh, pros are fighting for playoffs. Nothing's, you know, said set stone. No one's been fired yet. Um, that's why I, I'm going to go out on a limb because I, I I don't think I don't like bowl season at all anymore because to Nick, to your point, players are leaving. Coaches aren't motivated. Like it's bad football. Jeff Schwartz was talking about it with Oregon. And I didn't watch the end of the game. I'm in a hotel with my kids, but like you can't criticize players and programs because how they perform in a bowl game, unless they're playing for a championship because a third of the players are in the portal. Now, like it's just, it's not the same as it's ever been. So many, I guess I like over a thousand players are in the transfer portal. Like something stupid. Like it, Yeah. we talk about like entitlement. I don't want to put this on every, I might say all thousand players are entitled because there are some very real reasons that people should transfer and go to different schools, Mm -hmm. but a thousand there are not a thousand good reasons for people to live. People are just want to play. They want to go somewhere else. They thought NIL, you know, they got on Twitter and they said hundreds of thousands of dollars a deal. So they thought they were going to get this, that, or the other, like that is going to be real. We are talking about this stuff so much and making it seem so easy that there's going to be expectations that these players are going to get certain things. They will be disappointed when they don't get them as an 18 year old kid who honestly hasn't earned it yet. Like uh-huh. hasn't earned that right yet. There are some that have these big platforms and all that. <coughs> You're having that like have have not conversation at 18 years old when they know it has, but some of them have a platform to earn more money. And I'll go off on a tangent and all that stuff, but yeah, I think I hate bowl season, so I'm gonna go and say like I love right at training camp. I love the beginning of the season because every NFL team is feeling good, every team is happy, every team, every fan is drinking the Kool Aid uh, that their draft pick is gonna be the guy that you know gets them to wherever. Uh, so I actually like that time of the year going into training camp where everybody's feeling good about their team. There you go. Yeah, I, I really enjoy bowl season just because uh, of the one-off nature of it. You guys, well, you see a bunch of matchups you don't see in the regular season. I think that's kind of why I like it. Like the Georgia-Texas thing, like you mentioned, like, yeah, they didn't have their best players, but that's not a matchup you see. Well, you might see it recent coming soon but um it's just one of those things that you don't see uh you know missouri would play i think oklahoma state i know that was kind of a, a team that they played but uh, arkansas before they went to the sec they played arkansas in a game and that's when they had darren mcfadden and that was one of the bull games i really remember i think it was a new year's day bowl because i can remember cleaning my room because uh my mom would always make us clean house on new year's day just you know start this start the year off and i had that game on in my room um watching because i was so worried about darren mcfadden torching the torching the tigers defense but didn't happen luckily um weird tangent i just got off on but um i, I, I hey, do listen, like bowl last, season just because of that i love bowl season too i went to the the fiesta bowl a couple of different times yeah. like it it there are cool experiences you get to go down nick was in that game uh but bowl season nowadays with transfer portal with players opting out and just all of it, like it just, it just feels different. I think Chris Kleiman uh, made the point. I think Tucker, I think you were the one who tweeted this. Somebody tweeted the point of bowl games after like the holidays, like players 
that aren't playing for championships or even less motivated. Nick, was that you? Somebody about like it's just less motivated after the holidays because you're having these guys practice through Christmas for the dot com bowl. Like, why is why do you think that's going to be good football? And at some point, players are going to get hurt because you got to look like it. It's all just a giant mess. All right, last segment for this blind nail, guys. And we've talked a little bit about this, but uh, KC Sports Network, the the KC Lab guys, Tucker and myself, are all going to be traveling to Las Vegas at the end of January for the East-West Shrine Bowl. We will be out there covering that event for the entire week. It was supposed to and is kind of like overlapping with the Pro Bowl. And so my discussion for you guys, and kind of along with bowl games, of what can we do if it starts to become less and less important to the players and the players and the coaches are how these businesses make money. And now it's kind of turning on its head. So for the pro bowl, the game is the game. What can we do? And everybody's had their own thoughts on this, but what do you, what would you like to see from the pro bowl players? If it's during, maybe not the entire week. So just come up with like one example of something they can do. That's not playing a game that you would find entertaining. That doesn't put their health at risk or all the reasons that they don't want to go hard during a game. What's something that you could see during the Pro Bowl experience for the players who go out there uh, that would be entertaining TV, entertaining content for you to watch? Tucker, I want to start with you. Well, they did. I think it was last year they did a Madden tournament, a players only Madden tournament. I thought that was kind of fun, um, especially with the way that things are going with like esports now. People watch play, people play Madden all the time. Like that's not a, a strange thing. And I believe even COVID, they had a players only Madden tournament. So. I thought that was kind of a fun thing they do, just kind of like players playing with themselves is kind of like a meta thing, but um, I, I enjoy that. I, I like the dodgeball. I think I saw a report that the dodgeball game's coming back, and I'm stoked mm. about that. I love the old skills competition that they used to do, and those were the those were the best. Uh, so I want to bring those back, but also they could like move it to Hawaii. <laughs> I don't know. That yeah. seems kind of cool. Vegas is cool too. Like that's the thing is that like there's so many cool places where you could go in the United States. It's just like that's I, that's for another podcast. I almost got off on all that different tangent, but yeah. I'm gonna jump it, Nick. Before we go to you, I I want to see like weird trick shots because we saw like the mm. the Bahamas like home run derby where the minor league guys like hitting the balls out into the ocean. Like I don't know what all the answers are, but like put a bunch of like use one of the big Vegas pools or something and just put a bunch of like targets in a pool and see if the kickers can like kick it over something like into it and make it like, you know, give money away to charity, play beer pong. Like, I just want to see the guys doing fun, random uh, trick shot type things. Guys do it all the time. We see it at training camp at the chiefs. Yeah. You up to St. Joe, you do the crossbar challenge. Like it's one of the things that the fans get into the most are those court QB challenge type videos. I want to see a bunch of linemen out there doing the, crossball challenge like throwing footballs and just just do random lean into weird stuff have them do things <laughs> that they do on their side and just uh maybe make some sort of charity part of it i'd watch that It'd be fun nick what do you think what do you want i to have say? a lot i have a lot of fixes i often thought about this topic so often Ooh, one perfect. make it after the super bowl so players can enjoy it a vacation and move it to hawaii like i'm with you tucker or if you want to keep it content in the united states some people don't want to fly that much I like the idea of Vegas or Phoenix, two places middle of the map in the desert where it's, it's going to be nice, uh, or Florida, whatever, wherever you want to do it. San Diego? Yep, San Diego would be cool. Um, uh, and also, I, I like the idea of, for the game, um, not your normal position. And and wearing oh. just just Ooh. wearing, like, jersey 
jersey and shorts and, you know, flags because, you know, you're not going to hit anyways. And then that way right. players can get – players will love it because you get FaceTime, right? We're always hiding under a helmet, right? So, yep. so now you have FaceTime. So you're not – you're just wearing a jersey and shorts and you're not playing your normal positions, right? And that's what you have to do. And you're given a playbook, a Tecmo Bowl playbook. You can only do four plays. And you just pick it. You go, you like you, you go to the quarterback, you go, hey, run uh one A, the Bo Jackson one, right? Or <laughs> it's like a off tackle or something. And no, Nick, Twitter calls the play based on voting. Shoot. It's <laughs> even like, better. Like, in between, isn't this what the football league tried to do with the app and yes. have like the fans vote yes. on everything and the latency? It was just yeah, they couldn't figure it out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But you can do it now with with team up with Twitter or Amazon Web Services or Microsoft. Yeah. Azure, show how cool the cloud is. You can handle this real-time data. So there's your corporate tie-in. Um, players are you hope it can handle it, or it's a right? big <laughs> or everyone's it. Yeah. Denial really of service. Um, or and then also like I just like the idea of you know having a, a different position and playing out of position yeah. and play flag football. And I yeah. like the skills challenge. I always like the skills challenges. Um, I like I like the eating contests. Because there are some skinny kids. There's some running backs and, and linebackers who can make a run for that money on eating contests. And, and just maybe maybe have Nickelodeon just take over the whole thing and let them figure out yeah. um, you know, how to do a funhouse type thing, right? Like how to do yeah. wacky, wacky stuff. But yeah. I think At this point, lean into the wacky stuff, yeah. You have, you, have to, you have to. And it goes with the skills challenge was cool, um, all that stuff. But just And don't make it actual football. Make it flag football and have people mic'd up wearing GoPros. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. Like if you had the quarterbacks throwing at a target and if they hit it, like it dunked Roger Goodell into like a dunk take, like I would absolutely watch the hell out of it. It's the dumbest idea, but it's like, I'd watch it. Like yeah. I, it put anybody up there. And like, the benefit kind of charity skill. or something, you know, yeah, St. Jude yeah. or something or yeah. All about that. We just right, they should well, hire us. They should. I, before we wrap this up, Nick, or Tucker, final thoughts before we put a bow on this show. Can't wait for the Chiefs to clinch the number one seed this week. I'm excited to see what Cincinnati is truly about. Two really good points, good options. Gonna be a good game on Sundays. The Chiefs, again, go for that one seed. They have to win, and we need the Miami Dolphins to beat the Tennessee Titans, and then the Chiefs will secure the number one overall seed, which means a first round bye and home field throughout the playoffs. We already know they're going to get at least one home game for the wild card round. If they can clinch that one seed, they get that one buy as things have changed a couple years ago. Just one team getting that buy. Hopefully it's the Chiefs. We saw some of their guys already get like Travis Kelsey we mentioned earlier. Get that mini buy. Give them another one. Uh and we get the buy. And if you do it a week early, you're giving even more buys. So it gives us even more things to discuss on whether giving these guys three weeks off is better than letting them play. And I'm going to say yes. Uh, tease that show right now. Just keep them in a cryo chamber. Keep them away from everybody. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Outside the Trenches. We appreciate your support. Rate, review, subscribe. Let us know what you think. And we will catch you guys next week. As always, be good to each other. Have a happy and safe New Year's Eve. Don't drive. Call a friend. We'll see you guys later.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.